Welcome to the Double J Podcast presented by Lake Central Media. Jack Thiel here with Giovanni Alcantar. We are back after a week missing. We had the Tuesday off, so we're back and better than ever. And what's better is the NBA is now in playoff season and a couple games have actually started, well, I should say series. Um, we'll go over all of them. First, why don't we just go over to the reactions of the upsets in the first round. We were talking about the Spurs beating the Nuggets. The Nuggets were the best home team in the NBA. The Magic go to Toronto and beat the Raptors. The Nets went and beat the Sixers on the road a couple days ago. I might be forgetting about some other ones as well, but there are a lot of upsets this first round so far in the first games. I know it's only the first game, but... I think if you just win a game, that does a lot of, you know, that solidifies maybe a position for you to make some runs in the playoffs. And, Giovanni, what first-round win upset got your attention the most? I think, to me, it's um, this one probably wasn't the most shocking to a lot of people. I think this one had upset written all over it, but Nets over the Sixers. Um, Yeah, this was a big game for the Nets. D'Angelo Russell has had a huge comeback season, and I think that the Nets... And the Nets are back in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even, even more I think shocking. the last time was when they lost to the Bulls in seven games, when Nate Robinson was on the Bulls. I think that's the last time they were in the playoffs. And the other ones, not that they weren't shocking, but this one definitely caught my attention the most. Um, the, the other two I'm going to talk about, the Magic over the Raptors. Now, I think the Raptors are still going to win this series in five or six games. I don't think the Magic are that great of a team. I just think they had a good night. That's just my opinion. Uh, Spurs over Nuggets. To be honest, I don't. It's. it's I don't think that's an upset. I don't. I don't know if that's going to be a big upset if the Spurs win that series, just because of Greg Popovich and his success in the playoffs and how good of a coach he's been this year. And then last night, my goodness, not just the Clippers didn't just beat the Warriors. They were down thirty-one, and then. DeMarcus Cousins got hurt in the first quarter. He had a, And Kerr said it's a serious quad injury. So, remember, he had that long year-and-a-half injury with the I don't, I, I, ACL, I believe, with the Kings and he got – I mean, the Pelicans, then he got traded or whatever. But the Clippers steal a game in the Oracle Arena. Now not, they're, headed, now they're heading coming. Now they're heading to Staples Center for two games at home. It's always interesting when that road team can pick up a, a – steal a win – because now it's two in their home court. And the Clippers, <laughs> LA's real team, not the Lakers anymore, the Clippers. Uh, and, we are, and we're going to talk about that right now. Actually, the Warriors were up by 31 and lost. If you, a lot of you did not see the game because it was probably I, – I woke up and I didn't see it. I think it was on until at least 1 a.m. or something. It was a long game. I did not know about it until Jack texted me about it this yeah. morning. <laughs> Kevin Durant got fouled out and Patrick Beverly got fouled out as well. But – the hot shooting at the end by the Clippers by Landry, I think his name is Shamat, Patrick Beverly, Jeff Green, Gallinari. Hey, I think it's time to maybe give the Clippers some respect right now. I mean, they come into Oracle. I think they were 13 and a half underdogs. And I they pulled out a gutty, a gritsy win right there. Lou Williams had 36 points, I believe, and 11 rebounds. Yeah, and we've never really seen a team really just go right at the right at the Warriors. And what I mean by that is, you saw Patrick Beverly just—he's in every. And this is not just the Warriors; he's in everybody's face. Um, I remember when Lonzo Ball made his debut for the Lakers that game. He yeah. was in his face, like 
He did not care about anything. And you look at Patrick Beverly, he's in Kevin Durant's face, not Curry's, not Clay's. He's on a 6'11", NBA All-Star, future Hall of Famer's face with no care at all. He doesn't care. Yeah, he's certainly not scared of uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant even uh, acknowledged that, yeah, I respect him. He grew up in Chicago, but I don't know. I think that this is going to be... Beverly's 6'3 or 6'4 only, too. you got to remember that. He's not tall. I think this is going to be a very interesting series. I think the Warriors are going to win in five games. I think if the Clippers win one game at home, they have a good chance of winning the series. If they can pull at least one game at home. I just don't see it. Even with the Warriors losing to Marcus Cousins, I just don't see it. Because... You think about it. If they split this, the Clippers home series 2-2, maybe the Warriors win that one in Oracle. Then they have to go back to L.A. L.A. wins that. Game 7, anything can happen. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying if the Clippers can at least pull one of these home games, next two home games they have, I think they have a great chance of upsetting them. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised because the Clippers are a team that plays with the most heart I've seen in a long time. Um, Lou Williams said, yeah, we play with a lot of heart. We don't care that. We didn't just want to, you know, we said we were down 31. First, we just didn't want to get embarrassed. And then we realized what is at stake right here. And you saw them come back and win. And it's a, it's a very sneaky team. They don't have, you know, the high risers. You know, the guys you're going to hear are Patrick Beverly, Montrose Harrell, Gallinari, Jeff Green, Lou Williams. These aren't all-stars. I don't know if any of these guys made the all-star team, if I'm correct. I mean, can you can you um, name one all-star on the Clippers? No, you cannot. And a lot of people doubt this Clippers team. I said the Warriors are going to win the series in four games. I'm telling you, the, War- the, the Warriors, they have never really seen a team that just comes up to them and punches them in the face. And this is what the Clippers are doing right now. These guys are playing their hearts out. I don't know if they really care about the next series. I mean, the only series they need to worry about is this one right now. And how would that be to put that in the record books of a team with five All-Stars couldn't even make it through the first round, and you're the team that made that happen? That would be cool. And the Raptors, we are talking about earlier, lose to the Magic in the first round, first game, I should say. Uh, <laughs> I think we just – I think we expected this in my mind just because – I certainly didn't, to be honest. Um, I did. It's Kyle Lowry in the playoffs. They just don't go together. He went 0 for 7, I think? I, I, he, I just don't get what's wrong with Kyle Lowry in the playoffs. And the real question is, there's no LeBron. Sorry, the Raptors just a bad playoff team. Because it's always been LeBron eliminating them. This isn't LeBron. This is Nik- Nikola Vukovic, Evan Fournier, DJ Augustine, and the Orlando Magic. DJ Augustine with the dagger. I think it was him at the end of the game, right? Just think about this. DJ, DJ Augustine and Michael Carter-Williams, we, we understand they are not as high caliber as Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry was an all-star, right? I believe he was. Yes. They both outscored Lowry. Michael Carter-Williams came off the bench in that game, too, and he outscored Lowry. Lowry did score zero points, right? Zero. He did not have a bucket. So me and you both had the same amount of points as Kyle Lowry sitting on our couch watching. Yes. He that's, d- it was all Kawhi, that's it was all It was all Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam that game. Kyle Lowry did nothing as they played tonight, and that's going to be the question, if Kyle Lowry can step up, because if he can't, I wouldn't be shocked if, um, I forgot the coach's name, puts Fred Van Fleet in front of him. Because Fred Van Lee had at least, I think, 15 points in that game. If you ain't going to play Kyle Lowry, I mean, it's, I think it's time to hit the bench. I think it's time for him to show up in these games. You can't, you can't go. You can't have zero points. And, Kyle and Lowry, he's home. It, it's not like Kyle Lowry's a, like, 
a rookie or this is his first time in the playoffs. Kyle Lowry. But he's and he's home. It's home. Like, what's the excuse against the Magic, a team that's not even that good? And they're back tonight against the Magic. It's a must win. If they lose this game, the Magic are winning the series. The Magic were a very tough home team. In Orlando, the Magic have not seen playoff basketball in a long time. It's been since the Dwight Howard series and LeBron James series. And Hito Turkoglu, you remember those series? I think those were the last times Magic fans have been this excited for Magic basketball. Yep, and going back to the Western Conference, uh, LeBron James is not in the playoffs, Jack. Let me just give you some perspective on this. Zion was five years old when Z- when LeBron James didn't you know, make the playoffs. I see class. all I see all those comparisons, not comparisons, those things. Self, I mean, what cell phone was the most popular? I I, I don't really care. J.R. Smith and Dwight Howard were both rookies. Yeah, it's been a long time, and obviously, I think it's taken a change this year. We're seeing some teams step up. Like the Magic, like the Spurs. I mean, the Spurs were good when LeBron still was in the playoffs. But my point is, I feel like really, let's say the Warriors lose the first round series. This is just, just, uh, just like if. What if? We don't really see a clear winner. We don't. If we would all, if the Warriors would lose last year, say, oh, it's Cleveland Cavs. LeBron's gonna do it. There's no team. We've known the Bucks and Raptors like to struggle in the playoffs. The Sixers like they're they're a good team. They can pull it off, I think. But I think it's up for grabs if the Warriors lose, just because there's no LeBron James this year. Especially in the Western Conference, and I think what's most up for grabs is the bottom half of the Western Conference bracket. You got the Thunder and, and the Trailblazers. I think the Trailblazers can actually make some noise. Um, I like them. Um, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum. I think they're a deadly duo together. Um, Enos Cantor really played good. I saw you know, that game. And then you get the Nuggets and the Spurs. That bottom that's half a great, is wide open. That's a great series. But I did say earlier that the Sixers and Nets would be the best series. But I think the, the Spurs and Nuggets will be the second best just because these are two of the same teams. None of these teams are lights-out shooters. They're both physical inside teams. And you're going to see a great matchup with um, Nikola Djokic and LaMarcus Aldridge. That is a good matchup to watch out for. And the Nuggets look to bounce back. Game two at home. You know the Nuggets are a great home team. They're a great home team. I think they're going to win that. If they lose this, they're in trouble because, you know, who else is a great home team? The Spurs. And Greg Popovich has been in a lot of playoff games. He's been in a lot. He knows what to do to win. And is this the year the Rockets finally make the finals? The Rockets with a huge win, statement win over the Utah Jazz. James Harden was playing good once again. Chris Paul, Clint Capella. I mean, we all go back to last year. You know, we all say, oh, Chris Paul wasn't injured. The Warriors would have never made the finals. Is, I, is, this, is this it? We see the Rockets because if the Warriors win their first series and the Rockets win their first series, we get to see the Rockets and Warriors, not even the Western Conference Finals. It's in the Western Conference Semifinals. I think the Western Conference Semifinals have – I think both sem, the semifinals on both sides, think about it. You got war- potentially potential matchups: Warriors, Rockets. And we know those pe- those teams don't like each other. And then you go to the East: Bucks, Celtics. That's going to be a great series. If the Celtics pull it off, I think, I, I think we I, I think we know the Bucks will. After Blake Griffin is probably out for the rest of the series. I think the Bucks win in three games. Yeah, that's that. I think they won. They won. They won in one game. I think that game the other day really just said, "Yeah, we're not playing games anymore." Yeah, and then you go the bottom half of the Eastern Conference. What if it's the Magic and Nets? Just think about that. 
in the Western, you, we would have the Magic or Nets in the Western Conference Finals, maybe. That'd be interesting. I don't think the Sixers and Raptors are going to lose. But that would be crazy, and then... I don't think the Sixers will. I think they're too powerful. Yeah, but the Sixers, I mean, we've seen it, that this team is... I just don't see anybody... I think Jalen Bede is the best center in the league right now. I don't think anybody's stopping him. Jimmy Butler has definitely stepped up, which he needs to. Ben Simmons, I think, needs to play a lot better. I think he's... I saw this on the, on the uh, Twitter. He's the most least improved player of the year. I mean, he hasn't really done much. Really? I thought that was Ben Simmons. That's what I just said, Ben oh, Simmons. Oh, sorry. I thought you said Jimmy Butler. No. Um, J.J. Redick needs to step up with the three-point shooting. I do think the Sixers team is capable of making the finals. It's just if, if they so. want to play. I don't see it. I, I Honestly, it's going to be in my mind the Sixers or the Bucks. That's in my mind. I don't see the Raptors. I don't see the Celtics at all. I think the Celtics will lose in four games against the Bucks. No, that's ridiculous. I'm I, I'm the six, not the, yeah, the Celtics, they're not as good as people say they are. You know, they've got lucky. They're lucky now just because the Pacers don't have Victor Oladipo. You know, they're not the, – I mean, the Celtics aren't a, as good as people say they are. I think they're overhyped. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying Kyrie Irving is bad. He's a great player. But every time I hear people, you know, hype up Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, I just get tired of it because they're not – this team is not good as people say. And I think the Bucks will just make them look like a – Terrible team. That's just my opinion. That's I, that's how I feel. Just because I feel like the Bucks are mad, because you said it too, Giovanni. They have not been a good first round team, and I think people are. I think they're tired of hearing that. And here's the other thing. I I don't think I think it's ridiculous to, to say that the Celtics are losing four games. Now the Celtics, yes, I think they probably would lose this, could lose this series, but I don't see the Celtics just going away. Kyrie Irving is just a different player in the playoffs yeah but you it, know that. it's just not it's not a one name one man game and, and i think the other players in the celtics are going to step up and the thing is for the bucks how are you going to score inside with guys like Giannis, brooke lopez chris middleton eric bledsoe you ain't getting inside at all with these guys i mean Giannis can probably block two people at once if he wants to i mean he's a free, <laughs> he's a freaking he dumped from the free throw line in the game the other day I didn't I'm see that. I'm just saying, I'm taking the Bucks in four against the Celtics. Just because of how... Assuming this matchup doesn't... Yeah, assuming if the Bucks and Celtics do play against each other, which 90, 90% chance probably, I would say, I take the Bucks in four. Just because of how good they are. Their shooting has been great. Brooke Lopez, and statistically, is the best three-point center this year. And percentage-wise. Giannis is going off inside. Chris Middleton... I, I like Chris Middleton. He's a great sharpshooter. I'm just saying, bucks and four if they play the Celtics. And we are going to slide over to the MLB about two to three weeks in already. And kind of getting a lot of the good teams from last year are struggling. And the one team we're going to talk about today, the Chicago Cubs, although they did beat the Miami Marlins yesterday, you Darvish won a, a good start actually for him for once. Me and Jack uh, have had some things to say about him. Yep, I think, yeah, we'll say it later. But the Cubs are now 6-9, and nine, fourth in the NL Central. They have won their three of the last four. Those ones coming against the Pirates, Angels, and Marlins. Uh, is the Cubs getting out of this, you know, struggle with winning their last three out of four? Is it time the Cubs are coming back to what they really are? I think so. As I love the White Sox, and yes, what I'm about to say is probably not the most uh, unbiased statement, but 
Yeah, the Cubs, they're just they have too much on this team. Yes, I think a lot of their guys are very overhyped and overpaid and pitching, well, pitching especially. And I think the year they won the world, they won the World Series. I know. Thank, thank that the Chapman. Thank the Chapman for that one. And I know the Cubs fans hate to hear this, but. And this, ha- and this happens with a lot of championship teams. It's over. A lot of those guys, they just had career year. They just all happen to have career years that year. That just doesn't happen. It's over. I mean, you guys don't stop stop, stop talking about what happened two or three years ago and start playing baseball now. That's what I would say. And, yes, that was a very historic season. Yeah. And to some degree, I do think Cubs fans did deserve that, as much as I can't stand the team and some of the fans. But I think this Cubs team is going to turn it around this year. I don't think they win the division. I, but they're still, yeah. in my mind, they're still contenders in, in the National League. I think they'll pick it up a little bit. But I've said this since the Cardinals got Paul Goldschmidt. The Cubs are going to finish third in their division. I don't see anybody stopping the Brewers. I literally, I don't, I, I don't see anybody stopping the Brewers. Like, they are insane. I think the Cardinals are, their bullpen is really picking up. And Paul Goldschmidt there, who in my mind is, in, in my mind, he's the best first baseman in the NL in the National League. I could see that. I don't think the Cubs finished in, in the top two in their division. I think they missed out on the playoffs. The Cubs pitching has been really terrible this year. In my mind, especially going to the bullpen. Their bullpen is awful. You know, there's. I have no a lot of. I have nights. a. I have a lot of Cubs fans, and you know, they can't stand when they th- talk about guys like Carl Edwards Jr. Um, I think Tyler Chatwood. I don't remember these guys, but. They paid a lot of money for these pitchers. You Darvish, John Lester, and Cole Hamels, I think they've got 20 or more in a year. I mean, if you're going to pitch, pitch what you're worth. And $20 million is not what they're pitching right now. And moving on to the other Chicago team, the Chicago White Sox. The, the South Side. The White Sox won last night against their rivals, the Kansas City Royals, Willington Castile with a 2 Run home run, the go-ahead, I should say, in the bottom of the eighth. The White Sox win two straight. They beat this past week. They just won the series in the Bronx. The White Sox, I mean, they're picking it up right now. Um, The question is, can they contend for their division? It's not a division that's, you know, tough to win right now. I mean, every team's wide open. It's wide open. And for none of you guys and no Sox fans, I'm about to be a Sox nerd right now. The Sox have really stepped it up, and I'm going to talk about some guys that did step it up. Yo, I'm on Kata. Um, words can describe. I don't know if words can describe. I should say how much he's improved from last year. And he, we expected it, but maybe not this much. He's batting 323. He's got six, thir- three, six, 364 on base percentage. We'll go to Eloy Menes. Um, he's had a little struggle, but he's young. T- you know, pitchers are taking advantage of him. He had his first home run Friday night. Then he had another home run. He's batting 268 on base percentage of 328. And then we go to the guy who has the best batting average in the MLB, Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson had his first career grand slam on Sunday, just minutes or seconds, I should say, after Tiger Woods won the Masters. He's batting 453 with an on base percentage of 463. Tim Anderson, how about it? And the pitching has struggled a little bit, I will say. You know, the Sox are really missing a good majority of their pitching that's going to be the future. You got to remember, Michael Kopech is out for the year. They're still waiting on Dylan Seas, 
I think he's in double A still. I I don't know. What about Kopech? That's what I mean. Next year, he's oh. he's out till next yes. year. Um, you know, I don't know about Carson Fulmer. He's been a little questionable. But you know, you, you know when you look at the guys, Ivan Nova and Urban Santana. As much as as much as I hope they have a great year, I you I, you got to realize these guys are just placeholders for a year or two. Oh yeah, and absolutely. So, and it, and I feel like that was the same for James Shields. He was only there. I feel like the last two years of his contract just for to be a placeholder pitcher, to be a decent pitcher until these guys come up. Decent. <laughs> decent. Decent. Well, yeah. We'll leave it at that. But I think if these hitters and the pitching can maybe st- – the bullpen has been great. Calvin Herrera and Alex Colome have been amazing, especially Alex Colome. The Sox finally have a dependable closer. I, I, Wait a long time to say I, that. I was going to say since Bobby Jenks, but, you know, David Robson had a good run, I think, one year. The year they started, oh, yeah, he did. I, but you know, Ellis Colme just brings something to the table that the Sox bullpen hasn't had in a while, and you know the Sox kind of have that. You're, if you remember, um, a couple years ago when the Royals were good, the seven, eight, nine pitching. If you remember, for the Royals, they would have Wade Davis, Calvin Herrera, and Greg Holland come in, and that was just unhittable when they were good. The Royals, right now for the Sox, it's Nate Jones, Calvin Herrera, and Alex Colme. I think what the what's brewing right now in the bullpen for the White Sox can be dangerous, and I'm gonna finish this off real quick. Um, when you get good, you're gonna trade your prospects for a bullpen, and if they can land maybe like a um, Andrew Miller or something like that, I think they're in serious business. Their hitting has been great. I think their hitting has like been better than what people ex- expected this year. One guy I do need to say something about Daniel Pavka. Yeah, he started the season. He made he got on base three times last night. <laughs> he has started the season hitting 0 for 29. Yeah, I've never really been a fan of him. The um, most at bats without a hit to start a season by a position player in the history or in franchise history. I've never been a fan of Pelka. He had a great year last year. I'm not sure I didn't take anything, but I just think that was luck. No, um, we'll I think he's going to get um option to AAA once John Jay comes back from injury. So I think once John Jay comes back, I think he's going on. And don't forget, Nicky Delmonico is still in AAA. So I did forget about him. I feel like if Pelka doesn't step it up, his time's ending. And whose person stepping up is Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger has had a amazing season, start of the season, I should say, for the L.A. Dodgers, who are right now, I believe statistically, the best um, offensive team in the MLB. You look at his stats – Cody Bellinger is leading the MLB in average, batting average, home runs, and RBIs. Triple crown, right? Yep. Is he the favorite to win the NL MVP right now? Um, if I was picking today, I would still say Kristen Yelich, as I'm sure you would say too. Yeah. And but Yelich had a great night last night. I appreciate Three sure. home runs, seven RBIs. Yeah. First three-run homer in his career. I think the first three-run homer. And Kristen Yelich is behind him in all these stats. Home runs, Bellinger has nine. Besides Yel- average. Yelich so. has eight. Um, runs, RBIs. Uh, Cody Bellinger has 23. Kristen Yelich has 22. Both left-handers. Yep. Kristen Yelich, I think he's still going to win NL MVP. I do too. But Cody Bellinger, he's been a great success story these last two years, you know. I think it's him or Yelich. I'm, I'm going to say that for the rest of the year. I think it's him or Yelich who wins NL MVP. I don't really see anybody else stepping up besides Paul Goldsmith, maybe. I don't know. I can't see anybody else. And the Red Sox, I believe they won last night. I believe they did. But 
it doesn't matter if they won or lost. The real thing is, what is wrong with the Red Sox? They are tied for last in their division. They are now, I'm pretty sure they have the day off today. Nope, they actually, yes, they, no, my bad. They have the the big old-time rivalry series, the Red Sox and Yankees. But the thing is we're trying to stay is the Red Sox, what's wrong with them? Uh, I think this team's going to turn it around at some point. I don't really take much stock in the beginning of the season. And tonight they play at the Yankees. Chris Sale starting. He's had, a, he's had a rough year. Yeah, that's he's being nice. Not just Chris Sale, the um, just the whole pitching staff for the Boston Red Sox have had a rough year. And Chris Sale, a guy we all support, we've all watched him grow into the pitcher he is today. You know, they they um they didn't even win the series against the Orioles. They lost eight to one yesterday. And they lost. Actually, no, they or tied it. Or on Sunday. They tied it. But my point is they lost 8-1. to one. Chris Davis got his first hit of the year against the Red Sox. Is this the World Series hangover we keep seeing? Are, are they going to step it up? Because there's a difference between the Red Sox and the Yankees and their struggles. The Yankees, everyone's injured. The Red Sox are all healthy. What? I mean, Red Sox, are they going to step it up? I think so. This team is, uh, to me, they still have the best roster in the American League. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. And they're 6-11 and 11 right now. That's, that's very surprising. This team was the overwhelming favorite last year to win the World Series. They had over 100 wins. They had not only the best roster in the AL, probably the best pitching in the AL, bullpen starting pitching. And they still have most of their hitting back. This team is way too talented to not turn it around. I think they're still going to win the division. And moving on from that, we're going to go to fact or fiction. First one. Luke Walton, who just got hired by the Sacramento Kings, he will be successful in Sacramento. I'm going to go fact. Because I don't think his time in, with the Lakers, I think right now you look back at it and say that it was not necessarily a failure, but he missed the playoffs all three years, I believe. Yeah. Yes. I don't think it was necessarily a failure just because uh, this past year, when before LeBron got hurt and before the Lakers suffered all his injuries – they were a top four seed in the Western Conference. I don't necessarily think this Kings team can make the playoffs next year, but I think Luke Walton is a solid coach. You remember he got his fame from when uh, Steve Kerr had uh, his back issues, and uh, Luke Walton came in. He was the assistant coach, and he shined. Obviously, Luke Walton had the best collection of players in the NBA. It wasn't even close. Yeah, And I'm sure a lot of people point to that as to the reason why he was – deemed to be successful, but I think he's going to be successful. Jack, what do you think? I think, fact, he's got something brewing there in Sacramento. DeAndre Fox, Buddy Heald. De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox. I was thinking about the guy from Virginia for a second, DeAndre Hunter. <laughs> um, Fox, um, Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, Willie Cauley-Stein. So they, got, um, they have another guy, I forgot his name, but I think he makes the playoffs next year. Um, yeah, we talked about his you know thing with the Lakers, and I think – I know this is going to really get your mustache in a little wrinkle right now, Giovanni, but I do think LeBron was the problem of Luke Walton's success last year, or this past year, I should say. And not anyone can coach LeBron James, and obviously Luke Walton couldn't coach LeBron James. And that's the thing. That's why I think Tyron Lue is going to be the next Lakers coach, just because 
He knows how to coach LeBron James. And the Lakers also can't afford to just hire someone yeah. who might be a great coach. But no, they only have three years left. I kind of think I kind of think it was unfair for Luke Wallen to get thrown in with LeBron James, just because it's su- it's such a hard player to coach. And I'm not trying to say that like in a mad bad way. It's just proven. I mean, you go back with David Blatt and the Cleveland Cavs. Just but how a- many of these coaches have gone on after LeBron to do big things? I mean, most of them have just, I mean, left. Or Eric Spolstra, I mean, he's done a pretty good job in my down. Besides Eric Spolstra. I mean, there's not really much other than that. David, I, David Blatt, is he even coaching anymore? I think he's coaching in some overseas league. But I think Luke Wallen's going to do a great job. He's got a young, great squad, promising squad. you got to remember, they weren't too far from the playoffs this year. I'm pretty sure they were the nine. They, would, they, they were, were better than the Lakers. Yeah, they were better. Um, and I think they're, you know, they're going to have a lottery pick. You know, maybe get some other, you know, get some young talent. They, I, I know they have a lot of money. I'm just saying, I think they make the playoffs next year. That's my point. That's mine. All right. So, next, the Magic will win the series against the Raptors. We touched I, on this I said, earlier. I'm, I'm going, um, I don't know. Because, like I said, if the Magic went tonight, then yes. That's my, that'll be my take then. If, if Magic went tonight, fact. If they lose, fiction. As of right now, no. I don't think the Magic can win. The Not series. even if they win tonight? If they win tonight, my my it depends on how they win. Well, it they, I don't think it matters how they win. It's just if you win, you win. Why I think it, the I think the Raptors would feel. But why does it matter? I don't know why does it matter how you win. It's, it's if you win, you win. Yes, but if if they completely blow the Raptors out, I don't think they need to blow them out. I mean, just beat them by one, and I'm fine with that. I guess you could say that. Next, uh, Steve Kerr isn't that great of a coach. Fact. Um, Steve Kerr was brought into. The best players in the NBA. And he's had the best players in the NBA his whole time at the Warriors. He's had Curry. He's had Clay. He's had Draymond. He's had Cousins. He's had Durant. You got to remember, this guy let his players coach a game almost. Um, I don't think he's that good of a coach. I really don't. And I'm going to go back to last night for a little evidence. You're up by 31. You're supposedly the best team in the NBA. Supposedly. And you let the Los Angeles Clippers in your hometown and come back from 31. That's not a good coach in my mind. That's that's my opinion. Well, move, moving on from that, the NFL draft needs to be sooner. It is on uh, – it will begin – the yes. first round is Thursday, April 25th. It, it does. Um, this is such – this has been a dry month of the NFL. Like, I really don't know what the NFL shows talk about anymore. I mean, nothing – what's changing – What's changing in the draft stocks? Uh, no. Nothing's happening. There's no pro days. There's no combines. There's nothing. They need to move it earlier. Yeah, okay, but you talk about is there anything discussing the NFL? No, I'm just saying in general. Like, what, what are they talking about the draft now? Nothing. I have not heard anything about the draft in weeks. And I'm pretty sure teams 1 through 10 know who they're picking. And, if the, and they know who their backup plan is. I'm pretty sure they know who. Besides the Cardinals, just because of how the how the chaos could be there, but other than that, I think it needs to be a lot sooner. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree. It's just a dry period. For the NFL, yes, but in terms of sports, it's not like there's nothing going on right now. I'm there's the ta- NBA playoffs. I'm just talking about the NFL in general. It's, it's a dry period, and it's not like nothing is affecting the NFL draft in such a way where it needs to be this date, or they can move it up. I just think it'd be a lot better. I think. I was very confused as to why he put this on the script, but now I kind of understand. All right, moving on. Kyle Lowry, we t- talked about him earlier. 
It's just a play that sits at the end of the bench come playoff time. Fact. 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 Yep. Um, my friend Drew Testa, he said this to me last night, actually. I just don't understand why he's so bad in the playoffs. Because I'm pretty sure he went 0 for 7, 0 for 6. No points. And we talked about earlier, you guys had, you had Michael Carter-Williams from the bench outscore you. Michael Carter-Williams had more bloody noses than Kyle Lowry had points. If you don't know what I'm saying, Michael Carter-Williams got a huge, like a really messy bloody nose at the end of the game. But when you got, when you have guys like DJ Augustine and Michael Carter-Williams um, outscoring you in your hometown, in your home stadium, 